and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Michelle Mazur. Michelle is a messaging expert who works with brilliant business owners who are shaking things up but having trouble talking about it. She combines the tools of successful social movements with the qualitative research skills she has earned in her communications PhD. So this helps people craft a powerful and captivating message. I'm really excited. Michelle's got a very spunky personality. She talks to us about how she's helped deliver audacious breakthroughs. She's a rule breaker, and actually, I think that's probably why we get along so well. So she's going to share how to give ourselves permission to design our life and business on our own terms. And you're going to get a lot of tips on how to improve your message. So stick around, listen to the end, and please enjoy. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Casey. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm really excited. I love your fiery personality. I love that you are like an out-of-the-box thinker and a rule breaker. So I know you're going to be speaking my language, and I'm really excited (laughs) To kind of hear a little bit about your backstory, were you always a rule breaker or was it something that you had a pivot point and you were like, you know what, I'm comfortable in my skin, I'm going to step in my power and I'm just going to do this thing? Oh, that is so interesting because I would say growing up, I was definitely a rule follower and, you know, it's like I always made sure I was like at school on time. And I'm still habitually like that on time person. (laughs) But yeah, like I would follow all of the rules. And I think it was in graduate school, which was when I was getting my master's degree. um, I was still fairly young, like early 20s when I started working on my master's. And I remember I took this class. And the teacher, and I wasn't doing well. I was just not getting it. And it was a qualitative research class. And the professor pulled me aside midway through and said, hey, Michelle, I want to know what you think, what your opinions are on these articles that we're reading. I don't need them regurgitated to me. Because as undergrads and high school students, all we're ever taught is like, oh, just regurgitate. Don't have your own opinion on things. I'm like, oh, you want to know what I think? This is amazing. And as soon as he had that conversation, something clicked where I started questioning everything. And then I started doing better in the class as well, because I was sharing my genuine thoughts, my genuine opinions. And it made a huge difference because it allowed me to engage my critical thinking skills, which I never felt like there was a place for that in traditional education. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. What are a couple of tips to help women give themselves permission to not only design their own life and business, but to actually look and cultivate, use that creative thinking like you just talked about and kind of like create their own authentic identity? 
Yeah, I would say step number one is pausing, right? Like just taking a beat. Because like one of the things I've noticed in especially like the online business world is just like we're followers. We just like, oh, so this big celebrity coach is telling me to do this thing. I must execute it perfectly, even if it's not really aligned with them, right? So I think pausing and thinking, okay, how do I feel about what I'm being told to do? And really sitting with that. And then the second part of that is questioning it. Like, is this right for me? If How could I do it better? How could I do it like myself? Um, and I think that really, those two things like pausing and then questioning mm. are so key in order to find out who you really are and be your creative self. I think some of the most creative, interesting things bubble up when we leave that space. So I'm really a fan of this pause and then taking some introspective time um, and allow that to kind of just rise to the surface. I like that a lot. I'm curious because as forever learners and, you know, we're really taking in so much information, so much content, whether it's through podcasts, audiobooks, social media, whatever. Um, how do we avoid using industry jargon when sometimes it just becomes our normal language? Oh, this is such a good question. It's funny. I have a podcast um, on the 10 marketing messages that need to drown in the sea of sameness. I love it. Oh. <laughs> Well, because there's all of this jargon, you know, live your best life, find your voice, scale your business, make six figures. I mean, it, there's, I could have had way more than 10 marketing messages or, oh, the other one I've added recently is like, take it to the next level. What's your next level in business? And I'm like, those, those statements don't really mean anything. And I think what can help you realize that is if you see a lot of other people speaking about what you do and how you do it in a similar way, you are falling into that industry jargon. And that is actually hurting your ability to stand out as a business owner and actually create your own message, your own methodology for how to do things. So it's really for me, it's like, yeah, those marketing messages need to go away. But then we need to spend some time figuring out like, hey, what is my message here? What do I really want to say about my business? Yeah, absolutely. What are others, you know, like some more thought provoking questions to get there? Because honestly, you just kind of rattled off some of the things on my website. And, <laughs> you know, I think we fall prey to this. And it's like, I, I mean it, I believe it, I feel it. And I recently, to be completely transparent, had somebody on a discovery call with me and she's like, you sound like every other coach. So my ears Ooh. are very, yeah, that hurt. I was like, okay, thank you for the feedback. Moving on. <laughs> so I'm, my ears are perked. I mm -hmm. am really at the edge of my seat to uncover and dig deep. So it really is a reflection of who we are and, and how we're trying to help. 
Yes. So I have a messaging framework called the Three Word Rebellion, which is all about creating this one of a kind, uncopyable message that really grabs people's attention, piques their curiosity, and makes them want to know more. And so the questions that I use to help people find their Three Word Rebellion, because it's all based in free writing, I am one of those people who's like, you've got to dump. Out what's in your head and onto paper so that we can deal with it. So the questions that I ask are from social movements where we're looking at like, okay, what ticks you off about your industry? Like that's a great question to start with because there are probably many things in your industry that make you like roll your eyes and think, oh, that's just not right. I I see things so differently. And documenting like what those are because those are points of difference. Those are viewpoints that you can share and tell the world how you do diff- how you do it differently. But I think the second question is way more important and something to really dig into, which is what change do you want to create? It, and think about it as like, what change do you want to create in your industry, in the lives of the people that you serve, in your broader community, and really dig into that to discover that message that is truly uniquely your own that you can kind of hang your hat on. Mm. Oh my gosh. Those are brilliant. I feel like there, yeah, there's a lot of goodness there. I want to rewind to the what ticks you off question, because as someone who has spent decades in personal and spiritual development, and I adore positive psychology, I also tend to frame everything in the positive. Now, Mm -hmm. if you and I are just having a girlfriend chat, I can absolutely tell you what pisses me off and what I really get fired up about. But I also tend to stay away from that in my messaging. If there are other listeners that can resonate with that, um, how can you help us make the leap and cross the bridge and and actually stand out because I really feel that this is going to amp up engagement. It's much more interesting. How can we like get away from some of that rainbows and butterflies that we've worked so hard (laughs) to stay in that lane and uh, use our voice more effectively? Yes, that's such a good question. And I always tell people that, you know, rebellion isn't enough. Just talking about what ticks you off isn't enough because, you know, that's complaining at the end of the day. If you're like, this sucks and I don't have a solution for it, but so I'm just going to point out that it sucks. That really doesn't do anything, but it's acknowledging like, hey, this is what I'm seeing in the industry right now. And I really don't like it. I see things this way. And if you see things that way too, then hey, come follow me on this journey. So it's really taking that angst and turning it into like what your solution is for that angst so that people know why they should follow you and how you're different. Because I think, you know, especially when we're all like, oh, I want to keep things positive and keep things light, except the people you're coaching, they're having some real struggles. And I'm not talking about like 
poking at their pain points. It's really about acknowledging like, hey, I see where you are. You know, I see that this industry is not serving you well, and this is how I can serve you better. That makes so much sense. And I think it makes us extremely relatable when we can really acknowledge and zone in on where are our clients, what's the transformation that they want. And I do think that, you know, we're at a time where it it is easy and actually common to just have all the positive highlight reels on social, you Mm -hmm. know, so there is definitely so much space for peeling back the layers you know, being vulnerable, authentic vulnerability, you know, and then also providing like solutions and alternatives. So I'm really resonating with your message. That is, that's amazing. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe, women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance and request to join my private women developing brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance. I'll catch you there. How have you personally challenge the status quo in either your life or your business. I would love to hear a juicy story about that. Oh my gosh. So so before I had my business doing messaging for micro businesses, I started this business as a public speaking coach. And I started off as a blogger. And I was a terrible blogger because I'm an academic. And so we write for putting you to sleep, not for mass (laughs) consumption. And I was at an event with a speaker and the speaker took the stage and she said, all right, everyone, stand up. So we're good audience members. We stood up. And then she said, now clap. So we started clapping. And then this was the piece de resistance. She says to us, you have given me a standing ovation. Now I must earn it. Mm. And I'm like, ooh, that makes me feel super duped. The woman next to me took the speaker's order form that was sitting on our seats and started like ripping it up really loudly. And so I wrote a blog post as she was speaking called How Not to Be a Motivational Speaker. (laughs) It was just a full on rant about, you know, here are some of the things that I am seeing wrong with the speaking industry. 
And it was the type of post that was really scary. Like it was so frightening for me to put that out there because it was, it was edgy, (laughs) but I pushed published and it, you know, people started responding and the response was overwhelmingly positive because they're like, oh, I see all of this too. And then I got this email in my inbox with the title, how not to be a motivational seeker in the subject. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in for it. I am just so in for it. (laughs) And I opened up the email and this man said, hey, Michelle, I love this post. I recently parted ways with my public speaking coach and I'm looking for someone different who has a different perspective. Do you coach people? And at this time, I I didn't have a business model. Like I didn't have prices or packaging. But I got on a call with him and it turned out he was speaking at Barbara Bush's Points of Light Foundation in front of like all these famous people and the former first lady. And yeah, like it was a big deal. And he hired me and that was my first client. And it was from my really ranty, rebellious take about the speaking industry that I got my first client. That is so inspirational. I mean, just on so many levels. One, that you had the courage to put your opinion out, which was against probably popular belief, yes. you know, <laughs> and how reaffirming that someone was like, Ooh, I see you. I like your differences and I'm going to hire you. Mm, yes. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm totally lifting you up here with like the, the, the high praise hands. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was really scary, but it really was the starting point of my business. So if that speaker was going to turn back time, how could she have won your admiration? I think number one, don't bait and switch your audience. The first thing, (laughs) I mean, because that was immediately breaking trust for me. So if she would have started in a way that was more about us, like, you know, being thoughtful about what she was going to say to grab our attention and build the relationship with us, it would have made a huge difference. But once you break trust with your audience, it's impossible to get it back. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, we may think that it's the little things, but those details, especially when it drives a foundation of trust, it's everything. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. And it's, you know, you don't have to be 100% perfect. Like if you're going to be late with a client deliverable or something, just tell them like, hey, this is taking me a little bit longer than not saying anything and watching that deadline fly by. And your client's like, what is going on? Why haven't I gotten this thing? You know, it, it always surprises me how simple amazing communication is and how often so many people drop the ball. Yeah, I feel like that's my whole entire business (laughs) 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 because we tend to overcomplicate things, right? Like we don't think just like, oh, well, hey, I'm running late with this because things happened. I'm just going to communicate that. We think like, oh, they're going to think I'm a horrible person. They're going to be so angry with me. And usually none of that is 
true. There's usually flexibility with some deadlines, but we have to communicate that. And I think even with our businesses, when we're writing copy, creating our social media posts, our other marketing assets, we overcomplicate that too, like overcomplicating what it is that we do or providing knowledge at like an expert level instead of meeting people where they are and defining things for them and educating them so that they can be primed and ready to work with us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, seriously, it can be kind of distilled in, is it clear? Is it confident? Am I cheerful? Is it concise? I mean, you're right. We don't have to overcomplicate it. I'm so curious because I know that you are a master at delivering audacious breakthroughs. And so I would love it if you could share a case study or a story of somebody that you worked with and what were they struggling with and how did you help them kind of get to the other side and and stand in, in a much more powerful space? Yes. One of my favorite stories is from a client of mine who also, she does marketing, so we're kind of in related fields, and she had a podcast that wasn't performing very well because it was a very solution-based title, and it was the type of solution-based title that you're like, uh, that feels like school. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like her title was like the Marketing Funnel Show, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to listen to a podcast called that, even though she's brilliant and has really good things to say and has a super unique perspective on how to do marketing. It just was not – it was not the right message for her audience. Mm -hmm. And so we went through the three-word rebellion process together and, you know, did the deep dive into her message. And really, she had this powerful story about how she had some personal things happen in her life. And because she had her marketing system set up, like even though she was taken away from her business for a while – her business was still functioning. She was still bringing in new leads, bringing in new clients because she had a really solid system. And what we landed on is that she helped people profit without worry. Oh, wow. Nice. That's that's catchy. That's going to help me write in. (laughs) Right? Because her right people want that. Like, oh, yeah, tell me how to do that. It makes people curious. And then when we changed her podcast title, like her downloads quadrupled. That's amazing. That there's so much power and value in that. And, um, you know, what's coming to mind is just the whole pricing, you know, paradigm where a lot of people are pricing on like dollar per hour versus the value. And when I hear that transformation, it's like, that's a priceless transformation. Like that is going to take her business far, speak to her target audience. So I'm, I'm really digging that. I know that you are a podcast host as well. The podcast um, is called Communication Rebel. I would love to hear about what you like about the podcast world, being a podcaster and just using this platform to spread your message. Yeah, I really like – so I'm a speaker by trade. Like, that was part of my training. So I love the ability to – 
you know, express myself and have my voice on my own show because I do a mixture of like solo episodes and where I'm really like teaching or diving into a problem. And then I also do some interviews. So I love having the platform to express my opinions or even work through some of my own ideas. I do that too on my podcast. Mm -hmm. And I also love connecting with other people. Like I've met some really cool people because of the podcast. And it's, it's amazing. It's a great networking tool. And also for me, like one of the things I do on my podcast um, is I talk to people about how they develop their like breakthrough idea. So like that moment when you have an idea about something and you're like, oh, this could be something like this could be something really good. I am fascinated by that. And I love talking to people like, well, how did you take that idea that came to you and really turn it into something that helps your business, whether that's a book, an offer, you know, a course, a a workshop, but how do we take that germ of an idea and turn it into something that is profitable for our business? Mm, that sounds exciting. And it also, I love to see the behind the scenes. It it peels it back. It takes it away from this, again, the ta-da moment of here's my best-selling book, you know, buy mm-hmm. it now on Amazon. It's like, that sounds to me of like, what was that pivot point when you knew you had a seed ready to germinate and even write the book? Like that part, I think we really start to build a fan base when they see all of the layers that bring us up to that kind of success moment on the stage. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, so yes, cool. yes. So Michelle, I have a lot of listeners that are interested in starting their own podcast and they're curious about it. So I would love it if you could share one of the biggest learning lessons that you had being a podcast host. Yes. Number one, outsource the editing immediately. Do not wait. Do not pass go. Do not think I'm going to do this myself. Just pay someone to do your production on the back end because your time is more valuable than you sitting in audacity or descript editing your podcast. Just trust me on that. So that was lesson number one, don't edit your own stuff. And then lesson number two is I would say don't be afraid to experiment with your podcast and the formatting, especially when it's new. Like, you don't have to just do an interview show. You can do a mixture of different types of shows. And think about, like, what can you uniquely bring that is different? Like, how are you positioning the podcast so that it's something that's a little bit different and makes people want to listen. Mm -hmm. So those are my best tips for starting out. Outsource. (laughs) I love that. And and figure out what your premise is and the kind of show and experiment. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And who's your divine right client? Mm, My divine right client is a person who typically they're doing something a little unique in their industry. So they're innovating in some big or small way. And that makes it really difficult to 
describe what it is they do without having to sit there with their client for 45 minutes and and tell them all about it. So my people tend to be relying on word of mouth marketing when they first find me because marketing hasn't been working for them because they don't know what to say in the marketing to make it work. So those are my right people. And it's interesting because I have worked in so many different industries from like attorneys to astrologers to coaches to veterinarians, but they all had that in common, like doing something differently and just are struggling to talk about it with others. Mm, Perfect. So we, if we have listeners raising their hands saying, Michelle, that's me. I'm your divine right client. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So you can go to my website. That's drmichellemazer.com. And I also have, if you're interested in the three-word rebellion and doing some of that free writing, you can go to threewordrebellion.com and get a little taste of it. And always, you can find me on Instagram, you know, slide into my DMs. I'm at Dr. Michelle Mazer there too. And tell me what you took away from today's show. I would love that. I, for one, am definitely going to be heading over to the three-word rebellion for sure. Um, It sounds super exciting. I'll make sure to include the links in the show notes. So thank you so much for that. And if you were going to leave our listeners with some final parting bright light wisdom, what would it be? Mm, It would be... After you have created your offer and you know that it's getting great results for your clients, it's not time to market your business yet. It's time to figure out what your message is and do that deeper work around messaging Um, because it's going to make all the difference in the effectiveness of your marketing and the copy that you write in the future. Mm, I love that. That is awesome. You are delightful. I really just enjoyed connecting with you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Casey. Yeah, until next time, my friend, breathe joy. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you. Thank you.